one. <laughs> oh, we already did. Yeah, yeah. Come on, catch up. They don't call me the pod father. All right, welcome to another edition of Reptile Fight Club. We have a special from the field episode for you today. We're pitting the Morelia Python radio group with the Herpeticulture podcast group. So we're going to have a nice little dirty fight today. Um, we got, let's see, everybody kind of introduce yourselves. Let's get this party started. I'm Eric Burke from Morelia Python radio. And, 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 and. <laughs> and every other podcast you hear of. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Justin Smith, the Herpeticulture Podcast, the Gondrocast, Herpeticulture Magazine. <laughs> so he's putting Snakes and Stogies. Putting all his uh, credentials. Forgot up. about that one, too. Yeah. <laughs> My name is Phil Wolf. I'm uh, Justin's lackey from Snakes and Stogies and the Herpeticulture Network. <laughs> My name is Rob Stone from both everything and nothing. all right so um today's topic we're going to talk about uh the the uh pros and cons or or the benefit and cost of influencers in the herpetological world so we'll uh have the coin toss we'll have them pick a side i have a bottle cap we could (laughs) (laughs) this is truly from the field didn't think to get a a coin all right okay nos his heads <laughs> not his heads <laughs> the other side is tails okay uh let's have the pod father call it <laughs> i'm gonna call since he loves that title nos <laughs> okay here we go oh you got the you won the toss <laughs> okay you get to pick your side for you and rob to uh defend I'm going to say, I'm going to go con. Okay. Takes the con side. So, influencers do not uh, help further our cause in the reptile world. All right. So, that means you guys get the pro. Now, as you won the toss, you get to decide whether you go first or you defer to your opponent. I will defer. All right. Let's fight. (laughs) Get it on. (laughs) I feel like this is difficult for Smithy. (laughs) <laughs> it's not difficult because I mean I do see both sides of it, but it's there's a lot of people that have large followings. I'm sure we all know who those people are because I'm sure a lot of us are probably watching what they do. Um, the good thing with that is, I mean, the main point is obviously going to be they have the reach that you know stuff like what we do uh, doesn't have. They're exposing more people to the hobby. Uh, depending, I guess, on, on who we're talking about, you know, be it like Barczyk, you know, he's exposing people to the hobby as far as keeping stuff. Then you have guys that are kind of out in the field and exposing people to sort of the the herping aspect of it and and things like that. But, yeah. More exposure. Yeah. 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 Anything you add, Phil? Um, yeah, I would say that Aside from, like, just going with what Justin said about getting more people who previously had no concept of keeping reptiles in captivity or even liking reptiles. And now they're like, wow, that's fascinating. Maybe I'll Google that. Maybe I'll, you know, oh, wow, look at that snake that, you know, so-and-so with, you know, 4.6 billion followers has. If he's got it, that looks really pretty. That looks really cool. Let me Google that. Let me let me find that out. Let me pull off that old dusty textbook that I stole from the library in sixth grade and see and learn and, and, and educate people, you know? And I think that if the, even if the information being put out is not uh, uh, <laughs> correct, I think it's still, it's getting people to think. It's getting people to look and maybe dive deeper than they normally would, even if they're just waiting to watch the person get bit. Okay, Merrick and Rob. Opening statements. <laughs> So, like Justin, I can see both sides of this coin. However, I think that what gets lost in this is that we live in a society of sensationalism and you're forever having to outdo the person that was before you. Um, I guess for my generation, Steve Irwin would be a perfect example of, uh, you know, reaching lots of people and, and showing them, you know, 
nature and caring about nature. However, I would argue that nature doesn't need sensationalism because it's fascinating all by itself without any kind of bells and whistles, um, you know, how it's how they survive in the wild, how they've adapted to live in the environments that they live, whether it be, you know, uh, the venomous rattlesnakes that we have here or, you know, adapting to the color of the rock that they live on, um, you know, um, how they breed, how they, uh, you know, wh- how much uh, they move from place to place and, and adapt in environments that like, yeah, I had a hard time surviving in. So, I, <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> So I think ultimately the, the, the problem is, is that it, it you know, when, it, when it's a one-upper and somebody's just holding, say, you know, I guess the classic would be a venomous snake or a big snake, you know, you're having to get people to, you know, with clickbait and uh, to get people to tune into something like that when I would argue that um, you don't need that. Uh, but I, I think that's more for the ego of the person that's doing it than the animal. Okay. Rob, you got something to add to that? Yeah, I agree with uh, what Eric just said there. I think the distillation of that point, right, is that the danger lies in folks mimicking the activity of people who they themselves may be qualified to engage in that activity. It'll be, it has some level of risk for them to uh, engage in that activity, but kind of propagates this notion or uh, suggests that this is an appropriate way to do it, even when mediated by saying, oh, don't do what I do, but there's kind of a wink and a nod that goes along with that often. And that can, uh, while it's, there's some level of risk in the hands of someone who has a really good sense, either with that animal or with the practice they're engaging in, it can be really dangerous when it's practiced by someone who just takes a look at that, has no other experience and tries to, tries to mimic or copy that. That's that's really where it can be actually physically dangerous. Yeah. All right. Well, some good opening statements, some punches thrown. <laughs> Let's keep it going. Um, back to you guys on the pro side. So the clickbait thing is, is extremely frustrating to me because even if it's a, a well-intentioned video, uh, which I know some people, they, they do the clickbaity thumbnail, uh, even though it's mm-hmm. going to be... Misleading, not necessarily saying that in a bad way, but it's uh, like they know people are going to look at it, and then maybe they get them, you know, hook, line, and sinker sort of in the first, you know, minute or so, and they end up watching the whole thing. But um, I don't find it necessary. Um, I don't really like it. I mean, I understand why people do it, but uh, at the same time, I mean, it does, like, the general public, they're looking for sort of that, that Steve Irwin effect where it's, you know, kind of over the top, and and it grabs people's attention because they're they're as we say on on snakes and stogies. You know, they're they're waiting for the car wreck. It's like the people that watch NASCAR. You know, they're uh, and so if you're if you're bringing them in, but you have a video that that doesn't match the thumbnail at all, I think you have a decent shot of of grabbing some attention. But it's not. Uh, I'm not a fan of the clickbait thing, anyways. It just feels disingenuous. But I can understand why why people would feel the need because our, our attention spans are um, ever shrinking. So yeah. it does. I mean, it it, ha- it has to work, or else they wouldn't all do right, this. Right, you right. know, there's right, there's got to be right. something to it, the, the algorithm or something. What about you, Phil? Yeah. The uh, I can <clears throat> excuse me. I can tell you personal experience is I have a, a friend of a friend who I uh, was at a barbecue and. He's like, hey, man, I want to let you know, you know, me and my kid, you know, the kid's eight years old, just getting into reptiles. And, you know, I, I thought lizards were cool, but, you know, so I just started going on YouTube and found a bunch of bar check stuff and found a bunch of older videos from people that honestly probably shouldn't have been making videos. But what it did was he fell into the, excuse me, he fell into the clickbait. You were a professional. I'm trying here. Um, fell into the clickbait and it segued into so many other rabbit holes. And that's like we were talking about a little, a little bit ago is that the clickbait is almost, I don't want to say it's necessary, but humans, they thrive on entertainment. They want entertainment. Go back to the Romans, you know, are you not entertained, you know? <laughs> and uh, and I feel like if the clickbait is horrible, eh, times are 
happen and it gets horrible. But most of the clickbait is is I don't want to say socially acceptable, but people know they're clicking clickbait. They look at the picture and it's like six year old boy handles rattlesnake for the first time, and it's like a kid holding a deli cup. So like people know that that they are clicking quote unquote clickbait. But they're still going to do it because they're curious. Yeah, at this point, it's kind of like and, to be expected. Right, it, to be fair. Yeah. And, and it's going to segue into more, whether it brings them to Attenborough or it brings them to, you know, Billy Bob in his garage with the stinging copperhead, you know? Yeah. So I, I think it's it's all right. <laughs> um, I'd rather see it be done differently, but humans want to be entertained. They want to see, like Justin said, see the car crash. So I really want to see David Attenborough do a clickbait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right? Yeah. Will I die this evening? <laughs> Check it out if you click the link. <laughs> um, well, I, I will cons- I will agree that you know the clickbait is uh, is is something that gets people to watch the video and probably will get more people aware of reptiles that maybe didn't know about reptiles. My problem with it is the idolization of those people and what they're doing to Rob's point that could lead them to get into uh, a bad situation that could ultimately lead to uh, people looking at uh, reptiles or the hobby or you know just even reptiles in general let's just say that there is no hobby and you got a rattlesnake in your yard you know grandpa's going to go and chop its head off because he doesn't understand it and because of the clickbait of the boy gets holds rattlesnake and whatever the example you used and um ultimately uh, that that's going to hurt the the animal's life i feel that the reptile hobby currently is sort of well i should say specifically the snake hobby is sort of at a at a at a place where it's growing and we're learning about these animals because people are not so much focused on the breeding morph part of it anymore and more into the behavior and trying to like really understand these animals. And there's great people out there doing great things and they're not being recognized because, you know, they don't have a flashy clickbait, you know, and it's, I, I just refuse to, for me, I refuse to give into that. And I'm going to fight that as long as I can, because I believe that ultimately, like I said, the animals is the excitement, the entertainment, the fascination. I mean, if if you're listening to this, you're probably a reptile keeper or interested in reptiles. And it wasn't a, well, maybe today's gen, but back in my, you know, you would go out, most people that we've talked to on podcasts is how did you get into reptiles? It was, I was out in my outback hunting snakes and I found a garter snake. And you were fascinated by that garter snake. And you know, our constant need to idolize people that, you know, you look at some of these venomous people that are doing things that, you know, to to everybody's point, yeah, maybe they're trained, but, you know, little Johnny is not trained and he's going to go and pick up that cobra and it's not going to end good for anybody. Yeah. A lot of copycat stuff, you know, it could, could end poorly. Yeah. I think the other aspect that's important in the clickbait conversation is just making sure that you Honestly, I'm not. I recognize the necessity of doing it to some extent in terms of uh, gaining that reach and relative to the YouTube algorithm and all these different things. I think my own perception of it is whether the whether the clickbait is positivist to reptiles, in the sense that if so long as that I'm actually okay with clickbait as long as the feeling that it's imbuing in people is that reptiles are cool and they they do amazing things then that's totally fine. It's when it's already uh, the general consensus is not necessarily pro-reptile, particularly snake. And um, that's sort of a historical trend, right? And we don't, as a as people interested in reptiles who are interested in people gaining interest and not fear in reptiles, we don't need to be making videos that make them more afraid. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I think we've – I hate the word clickbait, so let's get off that topic. Let's <laughs> talk about <laughs> another aspect of this. So um, you got something else for us? Yeah, well, it's a, it's an interesting sort of transition because I think everyone – I mean, obviously, you're not going to be the same person in your younger years as your older years, or at least most people won't be. Uh, I, I think I'm a good example of that. When I was a kid, I loved Steve Irwin. I had the action figures and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're talking about, you know – 
mid aughts or you know early two thousand mid two thousands late two thousands whatever you know when Barcheck was sort of just starting out I watched I watched this stuff pretty regularly and then over time I just you know your your views and and it's being in the hobby long term your views and things change you you sort of the people you surround yourself with and the people that influence you change you know that that sort of directs where you where you go in a sense <clears throat> um, seems like a lot of times we forget you know when we were starting yeah how that worked well you look at happened. you look at Irwin I mean yeah. yeah the guy did a lot for animals when I was a kid I thought he was awesome I look at him now and it's not that he's not but I I see what you know some of the stuff he did it, it kind of hurts to watch because it's like you just how many times did he come so close to getting yeah. absolutely nailed by something and it would have been so easily preventable and so looking at it now you know there's a lot of stuff that that I, I don't agree with um the message and, and the enthusiasm and stuff was definitely there yeah. uh, but over time I mean everyone changes you know you, you see like if I go back and watch videos on YouTube now of stuff that I used to watch you know channels I used to subscribe to I'd probably look at them and, and not agree with them at all but you know when you're looking at 16 years ago um, you know I, I thought they were great um, yeah. I could think of a lot of you know a lot of channels where that was the case where I watch them now and even those same videos that I watched as a kid you know, I watch them now, and it's 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 like, man, I remember this being a lot more, like being a lot more into it, yeah, than I was. So, people I, change. I can, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> I can go onto that as well. Like, I watched Steve Irwin as, when I was a kid too, and we all did. When you're a kid, <clears throat> sorry, I got a frog in my throat. Um, when you're a kid, you don't realize the sound effects. And you, yeah. <laughs> you watch Steve Irwin as an adult, and it's like, oh yeah, look at this snake. Oh look, it's gonna strike, and then you hear like the flap and the old Bruce Lee movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you realize that, and, and it didn't matter because the amazingness of it was still there. And you're you're looking past the fact that you know rattlesnakes don't hiss like cobras, and they use the wrong sound effect, and you don't know that because you're a kid. But the fascination is still there. And you know, as I got older, I, I found Austin Stevens, and mm-hmm. and Austin Stevens was awesome because like I love African stuff. He's African. Most of the stuff he did was in Africa. I still and, love that am- that Scrub Python episode. Oh, that, it's amazing. Like, that yeah. was that yeah. was cool. Now when I think of like especially King Horn Eye, it's like you think of those mountains he was in. Yeah, and absolutely awesome. But you go back as an adult and you watch it and you're like, he just put that snouted cobra in that bush and still got bit like a moron. But at the same time, when I was a kid, it made me go on a a rabbit hole to learn as much as I could about snouted cobras. So I think that it, the influencers as a whole are extremely beneficial despite the way that they're going about it. And, like, yeah, you look at, like, the Coyote Peterson, you know, he's getting stung by everything. And now I got my my neighbor's uh, wife coming up to me saying, hey, my son wants a pet scorpion, but I just found that he's been getting bees in the backyard and stinging himself with it. Mm. Thank God he's not allergic. So she's going to have to deal with that now because the kid watches Coyote Peterson. But, again, think about how many thousands, if not millions of people learned a ton about animals or got interested about animals and bugs because of Cody and his, you know, nonsense. So, yeah. I would, I, I would, I would again agree with what these guys said. You I can't. Think, this is a hold fight. On. <laughs> <laughs> and now the gloves are coming off. <laughs> now, yeah. But I think, um, I think the problem is, is that most of those vid. So if you're a herper, you're going to find your way. Right. You're going to you're going to be, you know, because I remember and as you guys are sitting here and saying, like, do you remember when you were getting into it? And I think of that episode of the scrub python on Mount Garnet and here he has to go and find it. And, you know, um, and how cool I thought it was. And yes, you know, and and to, to Phil's point, it led me down a rabbit hole to learn more about Australian reptiles. And everybody know how that ended up for me. <laughs> um, but. What I would say is that a lot of those videos and and a lot of these influencers are not necessarily geared towards and to both the the, uh, the THP crew here's point, they moved away from those videos because the interest for them wasn't there anymore. And the problem is is that those influences are gearing towards people that 
don't really know about reptiles and you're painting them, in my opinion, a lot of them are painting them in a negative light. And I think Rob sort of said it earlier. It's like clickbait is okay if you're talking about the the animal, uh, but not necessarily the person. And I think a lot of times what happens with, you know, with, again, with society today and those people is that they become sort of these stars, you know, and they, they, they become a celebrity and everybody wants to talk to them and get their autograph. And it's just like, well, yeah, yeah the original just, focus shifts. Yes. It's no longer about the animal. It now becomes about the person. And the, the only way that that person can continue to keep that level of, and again, to the guy's point earlier, that NASCAR effect is to keep outdoing what was done the last time. Well, eventually you're going to come to a point where that's going to negatively affect the animal's welfare and the perception of that animal as from regular people in society. Yeah, I, I was surprised to find out there's a whole like conference or, of pet tubers where they all Is get really? together and people come to meet really? them. I, I don't know if it's just pet tubers. It might be influencers YouTubers in or YouTubers in general, but people come to meet their you know YouTube heroes. It's it's insane. <laughs> like, it's just <laughs> crazy. Yeah. So another, uh, along the same line, a thing that bothers me is when folks are fundamentally dishonest about what they're doing in the sense of uh, putting staged animals and not representing that accurately. And heck, we're out here, out here field herping right now, right? And a lot of, a lot of content makes it seem uh, like it's easy to easier to do than it is, which can arguably have a benefit, right? In the sense of saying, yeah, encouraging people to do it. But the problem is, if then that proves not to be the case, then that will discourage those same people, and it can have yeah. a, a net negative effect. I really respect the heck out of Mark O'Shea yeah. uh, when on his right. shows because it was all legitimate, and that that occasionally meant that they would have episodes where he wasn't finding the desired item, and it would still be presented in some context. Right? Okay, here it is in a captive context. Here's what we're trying to do. You get some eyes still on an the, education. You can yeah, still yeah. you still, still get, get access the, to it. Yeah. But there's not this false narrative, yeah, right, that yeah. then says, oh, I went out and did this thing in one day that it takes – that people have spent decades trying to do. And I just find that it has the potential to be super discouraging to yeah. people. It, 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 it opens the door and then sort of shuts it in you their face. You mean in terms of people going out and saying, <laughs> yeah. I want to find this and they never find it. And they're like, I never want to do this. And I'm a failure because I, I haven't done – he did it in 10 minutes. Yeah, you know, It didn't yeah. take hardly anything at all. Right. And obviously right. that's – They didn't see the – the magic of editing and yeah. the potential that it just wasn't there at all. It just was placed that it sweetened. The pot was sweetened. Oh, yeah. And to jump off of that point a little bit, you know, if you have people that are out there and they're not finding, uh, you know, something as quickly as they saw on their favorite YouTube channel, um, you know, maybe they're going to rip apart the environment a little more and, mm -hmm. and actually ultimately hurt that environment. Yeah. For the animal that it's in because they feel like, oh, they, you know, I got to dig this or flip this or, you know, rip this tree root out. Well, you know, it, it just I don't know. It, I think maybe that can sometimes have a, a negative effect on the actual environment, yeah. uh, too. We've been out in uh, West Texas for the last week and, you know, we've <laughs> spent countless hours, you know, pretty much mm -hmm. all night searching for things. And, and we've found, you know, maybe five or six, seven species of snake. And that's what we're looking for, you know. <laughs> so between five of us, we've basically found one snake each. You know, it's pretty yeah. uh, low, uh, you know, low I reward, still have high put one on the scoreboard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, 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 because, uh, just because Doc finds six snakes, <laughs> Eric and I are still goose egged. Yeah. So. But, you know, you, you give it your best shot. You put yourself in the environment. And you enjoy it for what it is because, you know, it's been, been a blast. Oh, we've had a great time. Well, yeah, yeah. Just, just on a side note, you know, again, um, to to me, you know, a lot of people would say like, oh, I didn't find a snake. Me and Phil were actually talking about this when we were, you know, shining lights and cuts and stuff. And one of the things I said was that like, I don't really care if I find the animal or not. To me, it has nothing to do with me saying that I successfully found the animal. What I want to do is just see the animal in the wild. You mm -hmm, know, right. to me, it has nothing to do with my ego of putting a, 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 you know, a, a species on the board or whatever. It's just about being able to like look at that animal. It, when there's no glass between you and that animal, mm -hmm. it's a, it's a whole different uh, different thing. And I think these guys are all the same way. It's not about like uh, 
you know, oh, look what I found. You didn't find it. I found it. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's none of that kind of stuff. You know? yeah. Yeah. So. And but, I mean, to see them in that environment, like last night, we, we you know, there was a, a rattlesnake coiled perfectly, looked like a little rock. You, you almost wouldn't notice it, you know, and you just can appreciate how cool that is. Well, that it was perfectly yeah. staged. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. seeing it how it was, it was like, yeah. that's actually like, that's finding it exactly how you would see it in the books and stuff was yeah. was really cool. I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, we are, as a society, kind of geared towards that instant gratification. Mm-hmm. We want the payoff. We don't want to, even with, I find myself, if I'm watching a YouTube video, I skip forward mm-hmm. past all the talking just to see the animals. <laughs> so, you know, so it's like, I, I don't know if I'm any better, but, you know, we, we uh, as a society, it's, it's good to t- take a step back and enjoy nature and, and just put yourself in the moment and not worry about putting a, a point on the scoreboard, you know, <laughs> you want Yeah. Would we say the average mileage for the week was about, we, we collectively, I know doc, you, you put several more miles on your body than we did, but I think the average was what we did like 40 miles this week of hiking. Give yeah. Take. Something Give like that. Take. Yeah. Like so, take. and again, seven snakes. Mm-hmm. 40 miles through the bush and we only found <laughs> that's seven just snakes. snakes I mean we're yeah, talking we've, about right. you know, horn lizards and the bear and, but that just and goes birds. <laughs> yeah and birds but that, yeah, I know, I know <laughs> I'm they're so, reptiles too scorpions and tarantulas yeah. and, and I know I'm supposed to be opposing the NPR boys but I gotta agree with them that you know it's you can't just have that oh look there it is in this bush you know yeah. it, you gotta show that it takes time and, and that they're not around every corner and some of them it's for a reason. Some of them it's because it's our fault, you know. But, and I don't mean to cut turn for Justin, but uh, I may get flack for what I'm about to say, and I don't care. Um, a good friend of mine, his name is Mike. You might know him as the real Tarzan. Um, he is Instagram, YouTube, internet famous. He's got like six million followers on Instagram alone. And he is a legitimate influencer because he's got all these brands coming to him to rep their products and he has his own apparel line and he's doing a ton for conservation in terms of raising money for, for animal related charities. And, you know, people gave him crap because he went up to a, a, a quote unquote sanctuary and he paid a, a handful of money to go swim with, you know, a baby leopard or something. That's like, well, clearly you can see it's in a pool. He's not in the wild. He's not really healthy. It's like, no, all those people, Went and just harping on the original topic. All those people went and Googled baby leopards, whether they wanted to swim with them themselves or they wanted to just learn about leopards or jaguars or whatever it was. But I don't want to put words in his mouth because I'm I'm not that guy. But I've noticed a change in his content where he's realizing that he has the following and people are watching, but they're curious. They're they're thirsty for knowledge. And yes, it's cool to see this attractive famous celebrity going and doing adventurous stuff but when it comes down to brass tacks it was started because of the animals so now he's revamped his content and he's starting to do more uh, adventure based stuff so it's still entertaining but it's basically in the field showing you animals that you may not even have known existed and they may be endangered now and we got to do something to maybe help fix it or something so that's the uh, cactus scraping against the window. Oh, from the cool. <laughs> I heard it earlier. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, so even though he has a ton of clickbaity stuff, the guy is extremely passionate about animals, and he may have an, a very unorthodox approach to it. And his technique may be slightly dangerous, or the or the the words that he used may not be appropriate or or, or misleading. But the 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 meaningfulness behind it is is true and, and pure and he wants to help people and educate people and he also has a lot of uh, I don't want to say clients a lot of followers that are not animal people at all but again now they're going out and whether that means that they're buying a book on turtles or they went out and bought an actual turtle or they just went down to the lake to go look at a turtle it may or may not be because of the real Tarzan but those people are still doing stuff. So I, th- I think that's a, a huge benefit to, to us as a, a community and a hobby and, and our, our reptile world. And I assume he's not, like, wrestling him like the old Tarzan, you know, no, trying, to, no. trying to fight a, no, a leopard quite. in a pool. No, but, yeah. no. So no. it's probably a, a more positive uh, message. Yeah, I think he, he actually is wrestling with a leopard in the pool, but not, not, <laughs> yeah. to, uh, not to kill it to save Jane. <laughs> Just for fun. But, Smitty? Yeah, I mean, building off the O'Shea thing... Uh, 
like Austin Stevens, I think, did do a good job in the like really sort of showing the adventure side of it to mm-hmm. where it's like, yeah, there's you know, we, we obviously they have their sort of their little cliffhangers where they're like before commercial break, you know, we don't know if we're gonna find it or not, and that's what keeps people attached, that's what keeps people watching it, and um. Kind of like, I mean, The Walking Dead's kind of a good example in a sense. It's like that, that was a great show for the first handful of seasons, and then after a while it just got boring to me. But people kept tuning in every week because they wanted to see if something, you know, if there was a shakeup or something, you know, some sort of uh, major plot twist or, or whatever. And so I think that is one of the reasons maybe people do continue to tune in. Um, but there's also another point to kind of go back to earlier is there's an evolution of, of information. Um, so you have people that, that post videos of green trees on YouTube, and I see them, and a lot of that information is, is outdated, in my opinion. Um, but those people then, they see green trees, and because they stumbled across that video, and maybe they're keeping reptiles or maybe they're not, and so they're, they're interested regardless, but... Even though that information's wrong, they're going to continue to 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 follow breadcrumbs of videos and articles and things and read and eventually come to, you know, stuff like what you guys are doing, like your book, uh, and then realize as they're going like, okay, that information that I saw, and even if it was an older video, yeah. you know, there's 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 an evolution of things where, like I know we've done it, you know, with different things. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you just you you find a species that catches your eye. Uh, like bamboo rats for me like I've always had an interest in them couldn't tell you what the difference between the different subspecies and stuff but in talking to you know Dr. Messenger and and reading his book and stuff like that it makes a little more sense but it also really sparked an interest in those those Chinese and and Asian rat snakes to begin with you know especially some of the elafe and stuff like that and so now I have some but I'm constantly looking up information on like bimaculata and the uh the dion and uh you know all that stuff because it's it's a part of the world that doesn't have a whole lot of information regarding the animals you know herps there um but it's just it's that evolution you know like at one point i would have said yeah that's a bamboo rat snake couldn't tell you which kind um but because of of finding stumbling across these these different sources of information you know you kind of follow them and eventually you you realize people are keeping them wrong or there's a right way and a wrong way to do it and that's Sort of where I'm at with that. My perception of Austin Stevens when when I was sort of getting, I, I always loved nature and whatnot, but I was getting back into the hobby, so I was always looking for some kind of content to to watch. And back when that you know at that time YouTube really wasn't a big thing per se like it is today. And um, the difference I noticed with him is that, uh, and to Justin's point about it being a venture, is like a lot of the uh, for lack of a better word, clickbaity stuff would be with him falling off a cliff or, yeah. you know, so it really had nothing to do with the animal per se being, you know, I know there was some episodes where to your cobra, you know, example Damn and whatnot. Yeah, <laughs> really, really, yeah, yeah, he really got bit. <clears throat> you know. But I think a lot of his his things were, you know, like, oh, I'm going to swing on this vine into the pool and jump (laughs) on top of the anaconda. You know, it's like it's almost like Indiana Jones meets Steve Irwin type Mm -hmm. of deal, you know, and and obviously coming up in the 80s. That's what, you know, like I was like immediately drawn to like, oh, this guy's like Indiana Jones for animals, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, But I didn't get the impression that um, he was doing it for. for the animals, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and that could be wrong, but that, you know, as the viewer at the time and being new into uh, getting back into reptiles, um, that sort of uh, was my perception, you know. It's more to build the brand name than yeah. to educate or to. Yeah, it's like yeah. I'm going to I'm going to do something that may hurt me personally, but I'm going to do that so that I can grab your attention to sort of tell you about how cool the scrub python is mm-hmm. up in cans and, and why it should be there and, and why it's, you know, helping the environment and ultimately why we should make sure that that animal stays there. Yeah, and on that point, I think that goes to kind of the pro argument that you guys are making. That'd be the sort of clickbait that I think is fine. It's kind of dumb and you run into the same <laughs> Like, people might, mimicking that might hurt themselves, but at least it's not at the expense of the animals themselves. Uh, so long as that's the case, I suppose that's fine, and that's a point to you guys. You see that You see that guy, you know, the old guy that throws his 
shirt on the alligator and he's on a golf course or whatever. He's, he tries to jump on its back and the thing just grabs him. Hesitates. Whips him around like right. a rag doll. You know, he probably saw countless Steve Irwin moments where he's jumping on the back of Crocs. Right. He's like, oh, that looks easy. <laughs> they forget that you need a certain level of expertise to effectively do that right, you know, right. without hurting yourself, without hurting the animal. Right. And, and, and to another point, you know, um, uh, you know, we've been doing NPR for 10 years and over those 10 years, we have evolved as well. Um, you know, in the early days, we would get caught up in drama and the community and this and that. And I can tell you firsthand that that drove people to listen, you know, mm-hmm. and and I see as soon as there's a few podcasts out there. I mean, podcasters are influencers as well. And, um, you know, when I when I actually took a step back and, and looked at that and you know how much that could influence people i don't want to influence people negatively i want to influence them positive yeah. in a positive way so i always try to make it about the animals and not the person that's why you know we're always talking about you know natural history or how do you keep these things properly or like you know we're we're field herping here and and you know justin as you all know is as like the baird's man and now he's actually in the environment and i bet you he has a whole different perception mm-hmm. of that animal now because he's actually felt the heat and let me tell you it's hot <laughs> you know um yeah. and like you know it, not saying that you're gonna make your your enclosure 111 degrees but you're gonna you know you're gonna have an understanding of what that means what heat yeah. from that environment means what the humidity feels mm-hmm. like you know and to me that's why I, I say it all the time you know field herping for the for that animal that you love not only builds camaraderie with you know with friends and you have a good time and you get to talk about things and you know get to know people on a personal level it also um you know gives you a better understanding of that animal and ultimately is going to lead to that animal having a a good life in a box if you will so like you know to to be worried about what a price of a morph is and drama and all this stuff it's like you know we made a conscious decision to move away from that and it, and i see some some podcast out there that you know their whole idea of the show is based upon the, the the drama that happened that week you know and and i've personally been in conversations with people that want to start drama so that you know people will tune into both our you know podcast and the other person's podcast and that's just to me is just ridiculous yeah. you know like it should be about you know ultimately again i keep saying it, it should be about the animal. and that's why we're all here yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but it has been really cool to see you know, being a Baird's guy and being able to go to the different counties and stuff that they're found and seeing the, the mass differences and in, in habitat and stuff, but also being able to take pictures of, you know, the cuts and stuff and, and sort of the plants and the arrangements and the, you know, Eric has his uh, temp gun and UV meter and all that stuff. And so we're, you know, we're taking information down as we go. And it's that, it's like what Eric was saying, you know, kind of like what we've said about Daytona is it's, it's less about sort of the the goal uh and more about just sort of the just the enjoyment of of doing it um you know it's the sort of the adventure aspect of you know will you find it will you not it's kind of like a you know a lotto ticket even if it's a night snake like last night when i was walking and found that night snake it was straight going up the trail and it was you get that sort of that weird uh that quick sort of shot of adrenaline where it's like you see a snake and you're just like what is it you know and then you it's like that's that's fun even if it's something you see three times a night like it's still cool to find them maybe two in the morning but that sure wakes you up yeah better than what joel what what do you drink (laughs) bang bang (laughs) better than the bang to see a snake at 2 a.m but it's that kind of stuff where it's like okay if i saw that am i going to see something else 20 yards up you know 10 feet up it just keeps, I, I, you, keeps you wanting to, to do more. But if we had a video showing people this is just what we found, you know, it kind of – it would sort of take away the – you wouldn't really get the sort of the essence of, of what it's like and what you're doing, you know. And even just – not even just that, but just the entire, you know, the bigger picture of being in the desert in the middle of the night and it's dead silent. You know, you got the stars and everything and – you know all the scorpions and tarantulas and seeing everything just kind of do its normal nightly routine and stuff I'd, like if i was doing a video of this trip it would be that whole thing of you know it's not going to be just all the stuff we found but it would be like you know the sunsets and the trails and stuff that we walked in yeah. 
yeah. the bears and you know. <laughs> yeah show them yeah i mean you you, you show them the adventure because like i mean you were saying it's not about the animals per se and like Justin and I always joke about Daytona and how it's a party and it's this and it's that and it's like, oh, well, we always say it's it's to go hang out with chosen family. The animals are just a bonus. Mm-hmm. So, like, us on this herp trip, like, if we had made a venom, we didn't, we took some video, but we didn't make a video specifically about the trip. But like, you know, Eric's got a temp gun showing people that it is 101 degrees at midnight and, like, getting the, the, the feeling about it and showing how we would how we went herping like i've been herping since i was a kid but in anticipation for this trip this specific trip i was on youtube and i was like let me look at some field herping videos and i was like oh my god there's a lot of people that are doing it right on video and there's a lot of people that are doing it wrong on video mm-hmm. it's like oh we're in such and such canyon and here's what we found just like justin said and you got another person that's like oh we're in such and such canyon let's show you everything to a t of how we physically and mentally did it well also not like not showing the miles walked yeah you know the just like it's tough Mm -hmm. like the hard work involved and like this is why a simple night snake is so rewarding because we just walked three hours haven't seen a thing but we stumble across you know a couple of these and they are really cool snakes like that's yeah that makes it worth it that's yeah yeah it was hard work you don't get the reward you were necessarily wanting but you got something and so that makes it you know even the scorpions and the coleonics and stuff like i love those coleonics geckos yeah yeah and so finding those, you know, last night, it was like, trip's worth it, like, automatically. Like, you, you know, you find those, that's it. I'm now, happy. Now I know how it is to, to um, <laughs> for a novice or a beginner herper to herp with somebody like, you know, like mm-hmm. our group where we know a lot of the scientific names and things like when I see you guys talking about scorpions and tarantulas and you're <laughs> using the scientific, I have no clue what, what you're talking about. Like, dumb it down for me, guys. You know? <laughs> and, and I think that's important to, you know, admit when you don't know something. Sure. If, if you want to learn more about it, you got to ask questions. You got to say, hey, wait, you know, take it back. Give yeah. me yeah. a like common a, name. Or, saw a big Afona Pelma. A what? Afona <laughs> Pelma. What's that? Tarantula. A what? <laughs> spider, yeah. big spider, big, big, big spider. Yeah, it doesn't help that I don't. I don't speak up. I'm pretty quiet, and I, I think I'm half deaf, and that's part of the problem. But it's like a what? A spider. Uh, that's very good. Yeah, I would totally agree. And there certainly are content creators that put that stuff mm-hmm. out there because so much of it, I think, is just the positivist uh, associated with the whole deal of saying kind of the Zen of field herping, enjoying the process, and those folks that really make a point of doing that that's awesome the contrary point obviously is really a bummer and i just think will lead to disappointment and is misleading both in terms of the process process oriented and i know my uh one of my big bugaboos uh, of far too many that i have working on that (laughs) (laughs) is that uh when people downplay the significance of what they've achieved right they're putting content into the world whether it's in youtube or on instagram or whatever and they they devalue the what they have actually succeeded in finding right they've de- they devalue their own success by putting on language that says it suggests it's no big deal mm-hmm. well that might be they're probably doing that i assume to speak to their buddies who are similarly situated but they're doing that at the expense of everyone who looks at that content who doesn't have the opportunity to do that same mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. And it's just really, it really disappoints me that there's, I understand the inclination, but it's very disappointing because it, it's really, it's missing the mark in the sense that 99.9% of the people observing that content probably don't get to see those at all. Taking so it then, for granted. Yeah. So yeah, less, you know? yeah. Exhibiting yeah. behavior yeah. that takes yeah. it for granted yeah. is yeah. just really, it's really frustrating, and it's the sort of off-putting stuff that undermines the whole deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even if they are feeling that, or that—that's really their reality. That's kind of sad too, <laughs> you know. So either way, Find it's, a, it's a yeah. negative yeah. thing, yeah. you know, to yeah. say, "Oh, I'm out here, and this is, you know, well, it's yeah. no big deal." <clears throat> that just goes to the point that it becomes more about the content creator yeah. and not the content, because. You know, um, I, you know, if I'm over herp in Australia, I could find carpets all night long. Mm-hmm. You know, like I would never get bored of them, and you know, maybe somebody would. You know, but to me, like that's the whole reason I'm would be doing it. And to me, it becomes, it's it's just like <clears throat> it's just like in the hobby when you're keeping an animal. You're keeping a lot of times people will keep animals because they think by keeping a certain species a certain level of 
notoriety comes along with keeping such species. I think the same thing is at play with field herping, right? You go out and you find a corn snake and like, you know, the little kid that's getting into reptiles is going to be like, oh my gosh, that's a cool corn nipper. snake, you know? Yeah. Well, nipper yeah, nipper. Yeah, yeah, corn no, snake. Exactly. It's like, man, I got a room of... The cutest little kid we know. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, mate. Yeah. 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 Like, we just, like, we have... And you're downplaying yeah. it because it's not a... You know, this rare snake mm-hmm. that has only been found three times. Yeah, 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 exactly. So it's, you know, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just think that, you know, again, I keep making the argument that, um, uh, well, maybe we're not arguing because it seems like we kind of agree here. <laughs> yeah, I don't it's, know. It's, 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 it's segueing. <laughs> interesting. But um, uh, I keep making the argument that a lot of that content is really based upon the person and not mm-hmm. the animal because – like you take a channel like Living Zoology. I don't yeah. know. I don't oh, know man. how. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much. So, so good. Yeah, so I don't know how well awesome. they do. And Justin was saying earlier, like I don't want to hear anybody talk about it. Just show me the snake. You want to talk over top while we're watching the snake mm-hmm. or the reptile or the animal or whatever. I'm all mm-hmm. for it. But I don't want to see y- your face while I'm, I want to see that that <laughs> snake or yeah. I want to see whatever you know that animal is and what it's doing in an environment. And like I bet you that a lot of people would tune into that. And we'd kind of be bored because, you know, they're just there's they're waiting for that snake to attack somebody or, you know, and to pick it up and, you know, uh, or or, uh, you know, again, that rare thing like, oh, look at this mm-hmm. rare thing. Like I, most people don't know. Uh, and again, you're like your average person, your average person that's out there. And to Rob's point earlier is, you know, the world is very anti snake for the most part. So mm-hmm. we have a. A huge battle or a huge uh, tilt to, to to get on top of mm-hmm. with that, you know. So, and I think the the best way to put the sort of the video thing as far as herping and and that is like, would you rather watch the highlight reel the next morning of the Super Bowl or would you rather watch mm-hmm. the game itself and see it play out and good point. see that you know the team that might be you know the underdog or something or sort of come up and, and sort of that just that rise and fall of, of this is what you're dealing with. And then you don't have to make it super dramatic or anything like that, but just showing people this is what it what it what what's involved when you're out here doing this kind of stuff, you know, and explaining the environment and because and, that's, that's what's blown my mind this entire time is how things even survive out here, especially like Big Bend and, and where we were, uh, you know, yesterday and stuff. It's just, it's brutal. And so it gives me a better appreciation for those animals because it's, it's like... The fact that a you know a little coleonics echo can survive you know and, and not become yeah. food instantaneously to, to pretty much anything out there is you know on top of the heat on top of the lack of water on top it's 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 freaking it was, it incredible. One hundred and forty eight degrees Fahrenheit on, on the paper. surface yeah. in the day. Yeah, yeah. in the day. When, yeah. when we saw the coleonics, is probably closer to maybe ninety five, but still, still that's, hot. Yeah. That's yeah. hot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they kind of go somewhere during the day. That's can, the thing. Yeah, like you, you got to feel that radiating. You know, the whole the whole evening. And, and yeah, it's like we were walking insane. on a radiant heat panel. Yeah, the whole night. yeah. <laughs> and this, I mean, this gecko, it looks so delicate, and you know, yeah. but those things are those things are tough mm-hmm. to be able to survive yeah. in that environment. I want to see the, you know, the, the whole thing and, and to learn about, you know, the, the Chihuahua Desert and stuff like that and, and just seeing it for the first time, it, it gives me a better appreciation for it. And so now when I see other people doing videos of that, I want to see, you know, A, they probably went to the same places we went to and so it's cool to see them go through the same thing you went through. Like I wouldn't necessarily want to see someone go out to where we went to and, and find, you know, just give us a highlight reel of we found this, 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 cool, see you later. Um, you know, I want to, like say I looked, yeah, I walked that trail. I you know yeah. I've been up on that hill, and it, you know knowing what in, what was involved, and and just having a better appreciation for that kind of stuff, and people who put in the work to show you that. Yeah. Well, it sounds like we're we're kumbaya on more than we're fighting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's all right, you know, because it it really you know emphasizes the fact that um, we're all in this together. We need to kind of reach that goal of getting people excited about animals for the right reason and mm-hmm. not so much for the wrong reason. So I appreciate you, know, you guys being on here and having your points and, and uh, this, it's been a, a great conversation and you know, hopefully we'll take this into, into account and, and put out good content, put out positive content and yeah, get and people excited. That's what it boils down to. You know, it's kind of subjective as far as the quick bait <laughs> thing. You know, like guys like us or you, know, you guys in particular uh, are going to 
view it to different degrees as you know Phil would or yeah. um, but then also sort of like Eric was saying yesterday in our, you know our conversations is vote with your dollar and support the people you know whether are doing it right the people you think are doing it right even if it's something maybe other people don't or they disagree with that's that's your wavelength yeah. you know stick with that and support yeah. that so that's your prerogative yeah yeah, yeah that 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 like or that subscribe <laughs> or that share patreon you know or yeah. whatever can really make a difference in that person being able to continue to bring you that content so if you if you you know for whatever reason you think they're doing what you think is right let your moral compass be your guide. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this uh, concludes our uh, Reptile Fight Club from the field from uh, Sanderson, Texas. We'll say goodnight. The Outback Oasis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right on. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Fight Club.